You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help leaders prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and today I'm being joined by Drew Dixon. Drew gives leadership to the student Explore the Bible resources. Drew, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, we're looking at session 10 of our summer 2022 study of First and Second Kings. We're in 2 Kings chapter 12, verses 4 through 16. We're going to focus on Joash repairing the temple. Let me give some background here before we walk through the passage that we'll be examining. Jehu, he was the king of Israel. He kills Ahaziah, which is the king of Judah, and Ahaziah's mother assumes control over Judah. Her name is Athaliah. So Jehoiada, the priest, protects Ahaziah's son, Joash, from Athaliah, who was attempting to kill all the royal line. After some time, Jehoiada arranged for others to crown Joash king, and Athaliah was put to death. Jehoiada then helped bring spiritual reform to Judah, and Joash served the Lord well during that time as king. So you have that in the background taking place. In these verses, verses 4 through 16 in chapter 12, we've outlined them in this, this way, a problem, a solution, and an action. First of all, the problem is, in, is found in verses 4 through 8. Joash had given specific directions for the repair of the temple, and those directions had been ignored. Joash called out the priest, particularly Jehoiada, and remember, this is the person who had rescued him from Athaliah asking them to account for their lack of action. The priests would receive no more collected money from the people and no longer be responsible for the repairs. A point for us to realize here is that leaders are accountable for their actions. The second point, verses 9 through 12, is the solution. Jehoiada instituted a new system for paying for the repairs of the temple, creating a designated offering for repairs that would be provided to the workers directly. A key point for us here is that God expects his people to take care of their financial obligations. The last point, action, is verses 13 through 16 of chapter 12. The writer of 2 Kings explained that the items required for temple worship were paid for out of the temple funds and not from the money collected for the repairs. No accounting was required of the workers because of their integrity. A key idea here for us is that a believer's integrity in business can further the cause of God's kingdom. So that's a quick look at the passage. Look at, uh, Drew, what guidelines or principles do we see from this passage for confronting others and helping others be accountable? Especially if someone in a situation like this where you're, you know, Joe Ash was confronting a person who he owe, you know, owed his life to. It definitely um illustrates the importance of just accountability in general, which I think um, is hard to do, like to do well. Um, and certainly like when you feel indebted to someone, there can be this temptation to never um, confront them. You know, I think sometimes it's like the people that we're closest to that it's hardest to hold accountable for sure. Um, like you think about, uh, husband and wife dynamics like we overlook the things that frustrate us most about our spouses for some people for years right yeah. because 
because you feel like if you bring it up, it's going to be painful. Um, and you love them. It's yeah, an expression right. of love, or, or mm-hmm. you think it is an expression of love. For sure. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I think this is an example of like the importance of, of, of speaking up now. I mean, that's to say that we always, there's sometimes, sometimes we don't need to speak up because it's just like a personal preference thing, but when it comes to, um, being faithful with what God has entrusted to us, when it's an issue of faithfulness to God, to what God's called us to, then we do, we do need to speak up and there's a, there's a right way to do it, you know? Um, and I think this is this is one of those instances. In this particular event, what we're talking about is hindering the ability for people to worship, uh, and that's a big deal. And so I can mm-hmm. I definitely see why this was needed. And I, I, I when I read this, I see Joash approaching Jehoiada strategically, uh, carefully, yeah, um, reminding him of the importance of the work he's doing and why it's important. And a lot of times, I think if we help people see that, then that confrontation is different. And also pro- trying to provide a, accountability. Hey, I'm here to help you. And some solutions for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they had this old system in place uh, for taking care of the temple. What were the pros and cons of the old system versus the new system? that they put in place in verses nine through 12. You know, the old system wasn't, seems to be like it wasn't efficient. Um, Money was going through the priests and it seems like those priests have been dragging their feet. And so King Joash tells Jehoiada to put a collection box next to the altar, near the front front door of the temple. And when that box was full, the king's secretary and high priest would count the money and give it directly to the contractors overseeing labor. So it seems to be like a more efficient uh, the, the previous, uh, was less efficient. The new one seems to be more efficient, you know, what, and it's not like the priests weren't going to, to be paid or taken care of. I think, I think that's important to understand as well. The, they would be paid from, um, money taken from the census and personal vows and voluntary donations and those sorts of things. So it's not like the priests are getting cut out or, or not being taken care of. Cause I think we can go, <laughs> if we're, if we try to apply this to the church today, we could go like too far in the wrong direction and be like, we should keep money out of the hands of our pastors. And that's not what this is about. Um, I think, you know, churches are called to provide. Um, uh, we could go to lots of places in the Bible to make a clear case for wh- why churches should generously provide and care for their pastors. But at the same time, um, you know, sometimes we put, there's too many hoops to jump through when it comes to how we think about and use money. And uh, I think this is an instance where it was uh, more efficient and also more faithful to make that, to use that money in a more direct kind of way. That seems, that, that's how I see it anyway. What yeah. do you think? <laughs> well, it, to me, it, 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 uh, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. The priests don't have to uh, be held accountable uh, for administering that money. And, you know, they've, I'm sure, like in most places, they had they were being pulled and tugged for multiple things to be done, be financed, be budgeted, and so everybody was trying to get their their cut, their item taken care of, their project done, and so you know you can see how that would dilute things. And so part of the part of the problem was trying to decide who got paid when. Well, you removed that from the equation, so now that helped business be taken care of, like you said, in a much more efficient way. And to be honest, the 
it freed the priest to be priest. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to be the business administrators. They could be the, the pastors and the, the, the church leader they needed to be. You know, I think about the, the Acts passage uh, where we see the first, uh, what some people, some people argue whether they were the first deacons or not, but the seven men who were approached uh, to take care of the widows who were not, or who at least felt like they weren't being given a fair shake. Uh, the reason behind that was so that the apostles would not have their time split dealing with the administration of those kind of things, but could focus just on teaching. Well, in this same sense here, this frees the, the priest to be priest, Yeah, uh, which I see as a good model. Right. Uh, it, it allowed them to do that work, but it also still gave a means for the repairs to be done in a timely fashion. And with integrity, that's a big piece here is this integrity system or the integrity part of the system, um, which means me to this question, how can the lack of integrity in a business practices get in the way of being heard as believers? Uh, if you lack integrity in your business dealings, like it's certainly um, like people are watching for sure, like how we as followers of Jesus operate as we manage our own like personal finances, much less businesses. But um, yeah, how are we, how are we using the gifts God's given to us? And if we're being really stingy or really selfish or, you know, even like exploitative of people around us, um, you know, there's a real temptation in our culture, like get as much out of people when it comes to business dealings as we possibly can um, while giving them as little back in return you know, get as much out of your employees as you can and, and pay them the smallest amount you can pay. That's how you do well as a business. Um, That's an anti-Christian view of employment. Um, So that's just an example, but um, I think, yeah, for followers of Jesus, um, how we, how we handle ourselves in in any kind of situation is going to be, going to be key. And so if it looks like we're, we're, we're being really selfish or we're only in it for you know, for our own personal financial gain, um, or if we're, we're trying to take from other people as much as we can, like those are all uh, instances where our witness is being compromised, I think. I think of it, you know, you think about the people who go out to eat on Sunday after church is over, uh, and the folks who, are, who, who have chosen to work in the restaurants and the places we're going to eat, Sunday's the worst day for them to work, not because mm-hmm. they're missing church, but financially, because they don't, church people historically do not tip well. Yeah. And it leaves a bad taste in mm-hmm. waiters' mouths and waitresses' mouths. And rightfully so, that, that, yeah, that, uh, uh, you know, they provided a service for us. They should be paid for that. Mm-hmm. And we don't, unfortunately, so many times we, we leave a, we, we hurt. The cause of Christ, by the way, we fail to treat people fairly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like for a sure. tip in a restaurant or whatever. Yeah, they know who we are. They know where we come from. Yeah, yeah. It irritates me too when people are at restaurants are like start uh, like uh, subtracting from the amount they're going to tip because oh, yeah. of like, oh, you didn't bring me my drink when I asked for it, or you didn't give me ketchup on time, or whatever, and they start subtracting. I think that is so anti-Christian, yeah. you know, because uh, we're, you know, think about the way grace works. Uh, it's not based on what we deserve. And, you know, if you just put yourself in that person's shoes for a minute. Maybe that, that server at the restaurant, like 
is overworked. Like maybe they're managing, I've, I've waited tables. I've served at restaurants. And uh, anytime you have like five or six or more tables, uh, it's hard. It's hard work. There's so much to juggle. And uh, so just a little like empathy, I think goes a long way in those kind of situations. There's all kinds of small ways we use our money that that speak to who our Lord is, you know, who, who are, I mean, is it really Jesus or is it, you know, me? So many times, so many times we disconnect our spiritual convictions or our Sunday morning life from the rest of our life. And, you know, here's the statement. It's just business, nothing personal. It's just business. Yeah. Well, it is personal. Because people are involved in business, it's not a, it's not a on an island kind of thing, and that's the main thing that to, that is taking place here. Is Joash is trying to repair the temple is remembering to take care of those folks who you're expecting to do work. They've done the work, and paying for paying the, them properly, fairly, and on time for the work they did. They did the work properly fairly and on time so shouldn't they be paid properly fairly and on time mm -hmm. and uh, and them sensing that and seeing that uh, you know we think about people who are willing to work for for people who take care of them yeah they're willing to go that extra mile for people who take mm -hmm. them in. and that says a lot uh, that should be true for every one of us who are believers yeah if we uh, own a business or we have a business uh, the people who work under us should feel that I am uh, treated right and fairly. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a matter of integrity and witness of what we believe uh, and what we say we believe. Uh, one of the teaching ideas that's uh, included in the book, it deals with verses nine through 12. Uh, it's in the leader guide and in the daily discipleship guide in the back and the leader helps. And it encourages us to create teams of two and look for evidence of accountability and then come back and look for evidence of abundance in verses 9 through 12. Uh, the idea is that we would do it, first look for accountability, and then look for abundance. But a way we could do that as well is assign half of the group to look for accountability and half of the group to look for abundance, and then have the accountability half share with the abundance half, and the abundance half share with the accountability half about what they found. Uh, I know most of us have premium on time on, uh, when we're doing our Bible study groups. And so that's one way to save a little bit of time instead of doing it back to back, mm -hmm. do it congruently at the same time. So, you know, if you look for those kind of things, that's, that's a simple way to be able to do more things mm -hmm. and involve more people during the group time, but that's a way to make it happen. Drew, one question I would have for you here. One more question is, are there any other key ideas or thoughts that you see in this passage that needs to be brought out? Um, I think we hit on the on the main ones. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for just um, you know how we think about um, what we possess and how we use it. Um, how we think about and you know what does it mean to be a person of integrity when it comes to money. Um, I mean, think about how often the arguments that we have are tied in some way to to, to money. I mean, so often, right? And so it's not. You know, and again, it's not, we need to be really clear, like money is not ever something that we should think of as evil. It's something that we need. It's important that we think about it carefully and thoughtfully. Um, it's not evil, but 
the love of it is right. That's what the Bible says. The love of it is the root of all kinds of evil. That's what the way Paul put it to Timothy. This is just another, another, this is an example of how to, or a reminder, I guess, to be really careful with how we use money and not just money, but any gifts that God gives us, right? Not just how we receive them, but what we then do once we, once we have the, once we have any kind of gift, how we use this, let's constantly ask the question, like, how will I use what God's given me? Um, for his glory and the good of the world, the good of my neighbor, the good of the people around me. You know, and each of those things, whatever they are, money, tip, talents, gifts, whatever, as a tool that if, if you want to view it as a tool, a tool to bring honor to God in some form mm-hmm. or fashion. Yep, for sure. Drew, I thank you for being with us today. Before we go, let me remind our listeners out there about Extra. We identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news story to introduce and conclude the group time. The file is free, and you can find these ideas on the Explore the Bible website by typing the following in your web browser. Go explorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. That's go explorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. want to thank you for listening to us today, and we hope you encourage other teachers to tune in next week. We'll be looking at session 11. Rob Timms will be joining me. And we'll be looking at the idea of how God holds all people accountable for their sins.